Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I don't know if you have ever turned away from God. I know I have. Uh, it's part of my story, uh, my, my own testimony is that I turned away from him. But I don't know, maybe that's your story as well. And if you might have, even at some point in your life, you asked where God was, uh, or maybe even struggled with how he's allowed circumstances to unfold the way that they did. Hello, everybody in the room today. Because there are so often things happen and we say, God, why did you allow things to happen that way? And uh, if that's ever been you, I'm so glad that you're in church today because I really believe that God is going to speak to you. And if you're new and you don't often come to church, he's still going to do it anyway. Because often the way that God speaks, sometimes it's through people. In fact, God speaks to us in so many different ways. He speaks to us. Have you noticed that God speaks every language? Did you notice that Chinese Christians hear God in Chinese? You've never heard him in Chinese, have you? Unless you speak Chinese, of course. You know, this is the thing. He speaks every language and you don't have to remind him. He speaks to you in a way that you will understand. But you know that oftentimes the way that God speaks to us is through dreams and visions. That's the language of the Spirit of God. He speaks to us through dreams and visions. Let me read a scripture to you as the guys go there. I'm going to read a scripture to you. This comes out of Joel uh, chapter 2, verse 28. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. That means on everybody. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. On every, on, even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. And what God is really pointing to is he's saying, you know what, there is coming a day when I'm going to pour out my spirit and you're going to have dreams and visions and you're going to see things. And that's one of the ways that God just speaks and communicates with us. You know, they say that a picture, it paints a thousand words. Sometimes you can just show somebody a picture and it tells you everything that you need to know. Well, I tell you what, at the moment, my wife and I, we're renovating our house. And so we're trying to choose all different bits and pieces to go together in the house. And it's kind of difficult because she does some on the days that I'm, not, that I'm working and then we switch it over. And so, you know, Sarah, she caught me from Bunnings the other day and she's trying to tell me the difference between four door handles. They're all chrome and they kind of look the same and she's explaining it using words like, it's got a flat bit at the end. Well, that just doesn't help me. I have no idea what that means. It's got a flat bit at the end. So honestly, after describing all four handles, they sounded exactly the same. And I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, just send me a picture because if you send me a photo, I'll be able to see the difference and I'll be able to understand it. And then I will you know, be able to choose which handle I, I like best. Well, God speaks to people in pictures. And, you know, back in the, in the Old Testament, um, you know, before Jesus had come, he would speak to uh, his prophets in pictures all of the time. And a prophet 
is somebody who speaks on behalf of God. And so a prophet can do the following things. Sometimes they're going to tell you about something that's coming up in the future. So they're going to point to future events. But the other thing that a prophet can do is sometimes they can just put their finger on a situation that you're presently in. They can point to your current circumstances and explain it well. Have you ever been sitting with a group of people trying to nut out a problem and then somebody just has like a bright idea and everyone goes, oh yes, that's what it is. That's what prophetic people do sometimes. They put their finger on the situation or the circumstance. I I mean, in so many ways, it would be better if we had some kind of spiritual Pinterest going on and God could, you could just subscribe to it and you're like, oh yes, I, yes, I see, right? But we don't have that. So we listen to God. We lean into him. He gives people dreams and pictures of the future. And there was a young man, his name was Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, he came from a priestly family. And he was a prophet to Israel. And, uh, and he, his, his priestly family, and no doubt when he was a child and he grew up, they talked to him about his ministry and what it was going to be like as he grew up and as he sort of got older. And uh, in his own ideas, he decided that he would start his ministry when he was around 30 years old. And so that, that, that must be the age. Jesus did a similar thing, you know. And, and so he started at 30. But by age 35, something terrible had happened to Ezekiel that he was taken into captivity. In fact, all of Israel was taken into captivity. And I bet as those things were beginning to unfold, he said to himself, well, this wasn't the plan. This wasn't how I pictured my ministry. This is not what I ordered. I got a little t-shirt. I bought a t-shirt simply because there was a little statement on the pocket that said, sorry, the life you've ordered is no longer available. I thought that is, I bought the t-shirt just for that reason, because so often the life that you order, it's just not available. And things didn't work out for him. Have you ever had that experience where you had an idea about how things would go? You even prayed and fasted about it and it still went awry. And you, you know, it just didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. I've had so many of those experiences. I'll tell you about one, though. Uh, Years ago, uh, Sarah and I, we decided that we would sell our house and we were going to buy some property and, and build a home. And we sold our house so quickly, it was like everything was unfolding. We found some land. It was perfect. What we wanted fitted our budget. Everything was working out great. And the plan was, was that we would live with our parents for just six months while we're building the house. And, and, and then we would have a brand new home that we could move into. What we didn't see was that our land would somehow miraculously devalue by about $40,000, which cost us so much in equity that we no longer had enough to build with. And so So the bank said, no, you're not going to build. In fact, we started to go bank to bank to bank, right? And then we became what people call peppered with applications, which means you've seen so many people that have rejected you that in the end they say, we're just, no one's going to touch you. Because if, if everyone's rejecting you, we're not even going to give you a look in. I remember getting a phone call from our mortgage broker at the time who said to me, I think you just have to come to terms with the fact that you will never build this house. And I remember hearing those words and I said, this is not the life I've ordered. This is not the plan. This is not what I wanted. I don't know. Maybe that's happened to you. It's not the life that you wanted. It's not the way that you planned it. 
Sometimes things happen for a reason and we don't understand it and we ask God. But I can tell you when it came to Israel, everything that was happening in Israel was happening for a pretty good reason. Let me give you a a, a brief introduction to Israel's history. It was miraculous. It was incredible. They saw the most incredible things happen in their midst. In fact, you know, even from the time that they were rescued from Egypt, suddenly they're trapped. The Egyptians are, you know, beaten down on them and suddenly the water parts and they walk through on dry ground. They go through and they cross to the other side. When they get to the other side, the Egyptians try to follow and yet the water covers them over. Pillar of fire by night, cloud by day. God did the most miraculous things with the people of Israel. They won incredible, impossible battles against other armies by blowing trumpets and smashing jars. And then the army that they were facing killed each other. This is miraculous. If you were going to win, this is the way you'd want to do it. Don't even let me get involved. Just let them take themselves out. Isn't that ideal? In fact, there was one time there was a man that said, Uh, God, we want to beat down these people, so let the sun stand still. And it did. I don't even want to go there about how that affects the universe, but I can tell you it was miraculous. Hailstones raining from heaven, you know, with surgeon-like precision, taking out people. After that, the Israelites just ran through. They just finished off anybody that was there, you know. I mean, their history was incredible. And they became what, in their own minds, untouchable. And they didn't even think they were untouchable. They became so comfortable with their position. They said, we can do anything. We can go anywhere. And they kind of lost a little bit of sight when it came to their relationship with God. They kind of took the miraculous things that God was doing in their life for granted. And they started to worship false gods, other gods. And God said, "You, you can't do that. You see, some people... They like to just think about Jesus as Savior. Savior Jesus shows up when you're in need. Savior Jesus always fixes your problems when you've made mistakes. But you better understand something. He's not just Savior. He's also Lord. He's Lord of your life. You've got to see God as he is. And sometimes people lose sight. They only see him as savior. He'll just fix everything that I do wrong. But every now and then you need to reflect back and say, he's not just savior, he's also Lord. Now at the time, this was a, this was a real big problem because the priests of Israel, they're like the pastors of the church. The priests of Israel, uh, they're not pointing anybody in the direction, in the right direction. So here's Israel making mistakes and taking for granted all the things that are happening. And then they look back at the priests and they say, what, are we doing okay? And the priests, they say, just keep going. It's, it's all good. Everything's great. Just keep going, right? So no one's giving them the right instruction and direction. And they make mistake after mistake. And then in verse 16 of Ezekiel, This is what God says. He says, you are the equivalent of an unfaithful bride. You see, his relationship with Israel was like a marriage, that they would be committed to each other, that they would love each other. And he says, you are the equivalent of a spouse who's been married to me and then gone off and had affairs with other gods. And it hurt God. He says, you are an unfaithful bride. And the untouchable kingdom came crashing down in a moment because they lost sight of who God was. 
I don't know, do you know anyone like that that uh, makes terrible decisions on Saturday night and then asks God, where were you on Monday morning? Where were you, God? I needed you. I think so often in life, God is like, I'm, I'm right here. But instead of going off and sometimes making your own decisions, maybe you should see me as Lord and start to live the right kind of life. And maybe, I don't know, maybe stop making some of the choices that you're making. You see, you're free to make any choice you want, but you're not free from the choices you've made. Does that make sense to you? I mean, you can make any choice that you want, but you're not free from the choices that you've made. Personally, if you ask me, I say that prevention is better than cure. So rather than always going back to God with the same problems because you keep making the wrong decision, you're just better off to change your life. And then you don't always have to go back to God and say, can you fix this? Can you fix this? Prevention is better than cure. Now, I read this story about Ezekiel. I started to read the story about his life. And in all honesty, I thought it was kind of unfair because he was simply the victim of other people's choices. In all honesty, Ezekiel had a heart and a passion for God, but he was part of a nation that was taken captive because of the decisions that other people made. Hey, that might be you today. Maybe you are the victim of choices that other people have made. And maybe you are in a situation that seems totally unfair to you. And however it's happened, it's happened. And somehow you're here now. This is not the marriage you wanted. It's not the marriage you planned. You didn't plan for things to happen like this. You didn't plan to have a dysfunctional relationship with your spouse. This is not the plan. You stood there on the day. I will love you faithfully till death do us part in sickness and in health for better or for worse. This is not the marriage you planned, but it's the one that you've got right now. This is not the business you planned. You you didn't plan for your accountant to mess up the tax, and then the ATO would come knocking on your door and give you a bill that was essentially unpayable and wreck your cash flow and start to erode your business and destroy it from the inside out. You never planned for that to happen, but it happened. You never planned for your kids to walk away from God. You never planned that. You didn't want that for them. You prayed for them. You said, God, I pray that they follow you every day of their life. You didn't plan for your kids to walk away from God. You didn't plan for your kids to get that drug habit that they've got. You never planned for that. That wasn't supposed to be part of the plan. You never planned for your teenager to struggle with depression or thoughts of suicide. Come on, God, this is not the plan. You never planned to lose your job. You never planned to struggle in the position that you're in. But somehow you're here. And this is not exactly what you wanted. Sometimes we get what we don't want. Sometimes it's other people's fault. I can tell you personally... It was the hardest thing for me because it was my fault. See, the thing is, for many years, I didn't have the life that I wanted because I was making a a whole heap of wrong decisions. And for much of my life, 
I didn't like who I was. It wasn't because I was necessarily, in the eyes of the world, a bad person. It's just that I realized that I was selling out so far below what God had called me to. I always had the sense that there was something greater to live for, and yet I was living a life completely contrary to that. And you know, when you live like that, it doesn't matter where you go. Have you ever noticed that you are just stuck with yourself? I mean, you can change your job, but you'll still be you. People have left spouses, but they're still them. People have changed their entire lives, and they're still stuck with themselves because no matter where you go, you take yourself with you. You can't escape from you. So now, what do you do? Because you've got a situation as a result of either your choice or somebody else's choice, and you're stuck, and you're here, and it's now, and what do you do next? Now, I've just finished my introduction to this message. That's just the introduction. But I wanted you to understand, don't get me wrong, the introduction's half the message, but I just thought you should know that. We'll let you out before lunch. See, I want you to understand when your back's against the wall and you're the victim of people's choices, sometimes you're the victim of your own choices, I want you to know something. God sees you right now. And I promise you, he hasn't left you. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I'm so glad that you're here. Because I think that sometimes if you're not a Christian, you don't really know who God is. You think that when you mess up, that's God's exit strategy. You don't understand who God is. God doesn't have an exit strategy for your life. He's so committed to you. Isn't it so great to have a relationship with a God who's more committed to you than you are to him? That even if you're faithless, you have a God in your life that is faithful And so God comes to this man, Ezekiel, and he shows him a picture of where they are because Ezekiel is a prophet and he wants Ezekiel to put his finger right on the point. So I want to read to you this out of Ezekiel chapter 37 in verse 1. It says, the hand of, by the way, this is like a fair passage of scripture. So if you haven't done your Bible reading for the week, I'm going to catch you up right now. (laughs) The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit, which means he didn't physically go there, but he was getting a a, a dream, a picture, a vision. He took me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. What a horrible place to be. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry, because they had been there for some time. And he said to me, son of man, Can these bones live? And here is a cheeky answer. Ezekiel says, And I answered, Oh Lord, you know. He's right. Of course the Lord knows. That's not why he asked him. He says, Oh God, I believe you know the answer to that question. And then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, Oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So with that in mind, this is exactly what Ezekiel did. He just heard what he said and he says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling. That word for rattling, it actually comes from a word that means earthquake. 
So let's just backtrack for a minute. God spoke to him and said, I want you to begin to prophesy, to speak over what you see. And he even told him what to say. And as he just begins to utter the words in the spirit realm, an earthquake begins to shake the ground on which he's standing and the bones came together, bone to its bone. This is incredible. Have you ever seen an earthquake put people's skeletons back together? You know, like an arm bone finds a, a shoulder and fingers find hands and... I don't know the names of any bones. I realized this as I prepared for this message. I started to think back to school and I was like, phalanges, uh, metacarsals, metacarsals, I don't know. See, this is, I don't know. And it's clear that I didn't research it. So have you ever seen an earthquake put people's fingers back together? And he says, something happens. The ground begins to shake. Bones come back together. They find their significant other. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Again, not a genius, just following what he was told to do. And breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army, which is pretty encouraging to a tribe or a nation called Israel that was in captivity at the time and really needed an army. And then he said, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. So now we know who they represent. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy. So what should you do when your hope is cut off? Begin to speak. He says, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord your God. Behold, I will open your graves and raise you, uh, and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. What a very encouraging passage of scripture to a group of people that feel like there is just no hope, like everything is lost. Let me explain something to you that you need to know. When you speak, you begin to prophesy. And words can build up and words can destroy. And you should think about that because there are people in this room today that when you speak over your own life, you have this habit of speaking negatively over yourself. And without even recognizing it or realizing it, you begin to declare your own future. You begin to speak about your own future. For some of you, you think, oh, who cares? I'm too short. I'm too tall, I'm too thin, I'm not smart enough. I tell you what, one of the most encouraging passages of scriptures in the Bible is that God uses the foolish things to shame the wise. You know what? Listen, I think he just does it because he just wants everybody to know that he can take anyone, anyone, and do something incredible with their future. When you speak, you begin to declare things over your own life. So you should be careful about what you say. You know, when I was a kid, people used to say this in the playground. I remember people saying these words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Rubbish! (laughs) What a load of rubbish! Sticks and stones, they might break your bones, but names really hurt people. 
And some people here today in this place have been wearing the labels that other people had given them. Because you've been leaning in to the words and letting other people begin to speak over your own life. Some of you have grown, you're past 50, but you remember what somebody said in your 20s and you're still holding on to it. What's worse is that you think it's true. Hey, listen, don't necessarily give that thought credibility. Just because someone said it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. You've got to be careful what you lean into. You've got to be careful about the labels that you wear. You've got to be careful about what you say because words are powerful and they shape your life, but they frame your future. They frame your future. Did you know that God created the universe by speaking. He said, let there be lights. And there was light. The oxygen that you are enjoying right now as you sit there today is presently there because The Bible says that Jesus is upholding the universe by the power of his word. And if for one minute God decided that no longer did he want to uphold the universe, he could speak to it and it would cease to exist and you would cease to exist. Words are powerful. Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You've got to be careful about what you say. I read this passage of scripture, Ezekiel 37, it speaks about dry bones. The dry bones that they speak about is utter hopelessness. Sometimes when you're in your circumstances, you feel like you've stood right where Ezekiel has, in the middle of a valley of dry bones. You look around as far as you can see. Your circumstances haven't shifted. They haven't changed. You're standing in the middle of a situation right now that you've been in for some time when you look at it there is no hope for the future and I like to always say this because I think it's true is that so often our problems are highly visible and yet our God is invisible or I am I the only one that's noticed that I don't know what your relationship with God is like if he physically manifests in front of you but he doesn't do that to me and I can see all the things that need to be changed but I pray to invisible God And sometimes I want to see things happening and I'm asking God, where are you in in all of this? And so that's exactly what God does to Ezekiel. And he says, can these bones live? And a cheeky answer, he goes, oh God, you know. Of course God knows the answer. And here is the answer. Yes, these bones can live again, but they won't until you speak to them, Ezekiel. They won't until you begin to prophesy. They won't until you talk over them. I I just wonder what you need to start to talk to in your own life today. I wonder what circumstance in your own lives right now today look like they're hopeless. Maybe it's not utter hopelessness to you, but still it's not desirable and you have this sense of it and you know. And I wonder what situation you need to begin to speak to today. The situation you're in right now, it's not the plan. It's not how you planned it. It's not what you wanted. But somehow things have changed for you and you're here and it's now. And if that's you right now, choose your next words carefully because they are directing your life. They are directing your life. You got to start to speak over yourself. 
Do you, are you one of those people who always says, well, I always fail. I always make mistakes. Or I'll never be able to do that. Do you globalize and talk over yourself and speak those words, speak toxic words? You should know something that toxic words have toxic outcomes. What you need to do is start detoxing. Have you, ever, have you actually ever gone on a detox diet? Honestly, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I remember one time I decided that I was just going to cut out carbs and sugar because I hate myself. So I said, this, what a wonderful idea. And you cut that out, and suddenly you become so well aware how much carbs and sugar were in your diet. You never noticed before, but when you started to detox, you felt the effects. You ever just decided, I'm just going to detox, no more coffee, right? And then you get headaches, right? You start to detox. Sometimes you become so well accustomed to the way that you handle life, you don't even realize it's an issue for you. Have you ever met people that are just so inwardly ingrained in them is negativity, they don't even understand how much it is a part of them? There are some people whose primary way to connect with other people is to speak negatively about themselves or other people. It's just who they are. And if they actually had to cut that out from their conversations, they honestly wouldn't have much to say because they've built their personality around toxic discussions and toxic conversations. If you sow toxicity, you will reap toxicity. But the opposite is also true because it's not all doom and gloom. If you start to speak to life, then you start to receive life in your future as well. So what you've got to start to do is declare what you want to see in your future. Now, God may have intention for your life. He may have intention for your life, but you've still got to speak to it. So God comes to Ezekiel and he says, prophesy over your situation. It looks hopeless. And Ezekiel says, all right. I'll prophesy as commanded. Again, not a genius. Doesn't even have to be remotely bright. He just repeats words that God has told him. In fact, when he says, oh, Lord, you know, it's kind of like he's even unsure. I'm not sure. I'm looking at my current circumstances. The bones look pretty dry to me. Can they live again? Oh, Lord, you know. You know, maybe. I'm not sure. He says, all right, well, start doing this. Start to speak to it. Even when you're not sure. Even, even in your uncertainty. Even when you're not not 100% convinced that anything can shift and change. But, okay, God, at your word, I I, I will begin to speak. So he starts to speak over the bones. He hears a a sound, a, a rattling, an earthquake. He utters a few words, and in the spirit realm, there is a spiritual earthquake that's beginning to shake. And all he did is say a few words. And call on God. Now, let me ask you a question. And again, this is, this is not a trick question, so you should be able to answer it pretty easily. When did, the, when did the earthquake happen? Was it before or after he spoke? It's like four people knew the answer to that. Guys, not a trick question. I can't tell, but I reckon that was Vin Goulet. I do know. It was after. (laughs) At least I know you're listening. It was after. After he speaks is when the earthquake comes. Let me ask you another question. He looks again and he says, oh, but there's no breath in them. Some people want to stop when they see that there's no breath. They got halfway there. They want their miracle in one prayer. Listen, if you pray for something and it doesn't happen, why quit there? 
sometimes you need to speak again. I saw my miracle get half answered. Oh, but God, I don't know. Maybe you just want to leave things there. No, he doesn't want to leave things there. He wants you to speak again. He wants you to begin to declare again. So he says, pray again. And so he starts to speak. And it says that breath, the same word for breath in the Old Testament, his spirit. And it says spirit begins to fill them. Now, when did it happen? Was it before or after? It was after he began to speak to the situation. It was after he prophesied. And God says, these bones They represent my people. They've given up. All hope is lost. Why is hope lost? Simply because they're in captivity and all they're focusing on is what's visible. But the one thing that they're not seeing is the capacity of God. They've forgotten about it. They forgot how how big. Have you forgotten how big God is? I think sometimes we just go through life and you've prayed a couple prayers and you haven't seen the answer to your prayers. And so you think maybe this is where God wants me to be. No, it's not. Sometimes you just need to start speaking until you start to see the breakthrough that you're praying for. Speak again. Stop being convinced by what you see. Because if you're a person that's after the heart of God, you are a person that walks by faith and not by sight. Don't be disillusioned by what you're looking at right now. Your situation might be utterly hopeless. Maybe the bones are dry. The Bible says very dry, like utter hopelessness. And yet, when you start to speak, there's a rattling. When you start to speak, spiritually speaking, there's an earthquake that's beginning to shake. And you might not be able to see it right now, but maybe you've got to speak to it again. I tell you right now, if you're in need of a miracle, I know someone that can bring anything back from the dead. I know someone that can bring anything back from the dead. In fact, that's what church really centers around, doesn't it? In fact, the the whole reason that we gather here together in church, the whole reason that people made a decision to get baptized today is because we believe that God is able to bring anything back from the dead. It's called the gospel. It's called resurrection. And for those of you that might not know what all of that is about, it's this simple. People can't be perfect. God knows that. So he sent his son who lived the perfect life that we could never live. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And then he forgave us of the wrong things that we did. And he gave us his perfect life in place of our sinful one. It's called justification. And it's why we gather together today. Man, God can do a miracle in your life. I promise you that. But he still wants you to speak it out. He still wants you to declare it. It's called faith. When you speak, God moves. And you don't have to feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. How many times in your situation that looks totally hopeless have you thought, ah, I give up. I don't even feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. You just need to start speaking it. Ezekiel wasn't even sure. He just said, all right, God, well, you told me to say it. So here it is. And there was a rattling. You don't have to feel like it today. You just need to speak it out. Start speaking it out. Start declaring what God's wanting to do in your life. I feel like there are people that are here today. You've tried everything. Seriously, you've done everything. You've tried absolutely everything you can to manufacture what can only come as a miracle. 
I promise you this, God can do more in one day than you could in a thousand of your best. So you could keep trying going the way that you're going. But you could just start speaking it out. Start declaring what God can do in your life. Get rid of the negativity. Stop speaking negatively over your life. You know, speaking, if you look back through history, it caused walls of great cities to fall from the inside out. Speaking has caused sick people that I've seen be healed of their sicknesses. Speaking has brought people from death to life. And if God is able to do that with them, he's able to do it for you. I tell you, your problem is no match for your God. Sometimes you've just got to lift your eyes and get your eyes off your circumstances and look again and recognize the capacity that God has for you. So, so here's what you need to do today. You need to start speaking God's promises. Just start speaking them out. If you don't know what they are, you should start to read the Bible more. So you know what he wants to say. Speak out the scriptures. Speak out life. Because it has the, cha- the power to change and shape your future. So when Sarah and I, we had this property. And we genuinely, uh, we didn't know what we were going to do. Because everyone said, you're peppered with applications. You just have to face facts that you will not get this land. You will not be able to build your house. You're better off just to sell it. I remember that. So at the time we were living with my parents and one night I couldn't sleep. I was just so mad about it. Do you ever get that righteously mad feeling? It's like, this is not right. felt like God led us to this point. You ever had that? So you got to do something with that. So I I got up and I uh, left the house. It was about, I think it was about three in the morning. I walked from where I was to the edge of the property, praying the whole way. And I got to the, to the property where we were. And I looked at it, just grass and nothing to see. That was my valley. Nothing to see. I'd heard the words. I'd heard what people had said. I'd heard how hopeless it was. And I said, in Jesus' name, I declare that we will build this house. And I began to just speak over it. And I began to prophesy and I rejected the words that other people had spoken. I said, I'm not buying into that. God, you said, and at your word, I declare. So I just began to prophesy. I must have stood there for about 10 minutes. So glad that people aren't walking their dogs at night because what a weird thing to see. Three in the morning, frost, like like, like my breath is coming out and I'm just praying over some grass, you know? So somebody's going to call the police. There's something weird going on out the front of my house right now. There is a strange man you know, still dressed in, you know, what he's sleeping in. He's just speaking weird stuff over this property that's next door to me. But that's what I did. And I said what I had to say. I said, that's it. It's in your hands. I went back. I went to bed. I slept peacefully. And within a couple of months, they said, you know what? Here's your loan. Here's your... I could tell you the whole story. We'd be here too long. 
providence. God provided what was otherwise impossible. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. If you have a, if you're in need of a miracle, we serve a God who's able to bring anything back from the dead. But sometimes what God's looking for from you is not to be pushed around by your situation or your circumstance, but you start to speak to it. You start to declare it. You start to declare the promises of God over your life, over your family's life, over your business, over your job, over your kids, over your marriage. I don't know what it is that you need an answer to today, but we serve the God of miracles. I promise he's able to do it, but you got to start to speak to it. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.